Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. I get messages from some of my lifers who find this really interesting, this idea that you could create your own business online. And there's a piece of them that kind of tunes in and tunes out like, yeah, I'm not really sure if that applies to me. And I think a big reason why that happens is because there isn't a why, there isn't a need. Like if you have a job or or you don't need one, you know, if you're a stay-at-home mom or if you're a stay-at-home dad, if you you love your job and you can't ever imagine leaving, then I can see how it might just seem not that related to you. But let me ask you this. Do you love helping people? Is there something that you know inside and out that you just can't stop talking about it? Forget about your job. It doesn't even have to relate to the way that you make money. But is there something like a hobby or something you figured out or something that you just really find super interesting? You love talking about it. You love teaching people about it. If you answered yes to that, I'm just going to encourage you to start doing something with that. Start a blog, a YouTube channel, create a Facebook like page just around that subject, a Pinterest board, whatever it is, that thing, just focus on it. Because you're about to hear from someone who was doing just that. And when he least suspected he would need it, he found out that by sharing what he knew, by helping other people, just for the fun of it, what he had created almost accidentally was a six-figure business that allowed him not just the security of knowing that he could provide for his family after being laid off, but it has allowed him the opportunity to help thousands and thousands of other people do it too. Whether you're an entrepreneur or just a little curious about some of these stories, I encourage you to listen to this with an open heart and an open mind. Don't think of this in terms of business. Think of this in terms of what do I have that I love and I love talking about and I love helping other people with. Because if something came to mind, this episode is is for you. Ladies and gentlemen, Pat Flynn. Pat, you know what I love about your show? What's that? Among other things, how you start sometimes with like a song. (laughs) You like my beatboxing? Yeah. Thinking of a master plan. Cause ain't nothing but sweat inside my hand. So I dig into my pocket all my money spent. Deeper and still coming up with Lent. So I stop the mission. (laughs) Nice. You're so good at that. Oh, we got the flow going. I don't even want to ask because you look really young, but I love that you have this flair for music from the 80s and 90s. (laughs) 32. You've done so much for someone who's so young. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, you know, I know your story because I found your podcast when I specifically was looking for ways to create passive income. And your podcast popped up. I'm not even sure how I found it, but Smart Passive Income has been my go-to source for so many great inspirational stories when I had to transition from really uh, a brick and mortar business and and selling DVDs on infomercial, on TV, and figure out a way to create passive income online. And you've been the go-to man. Man, thank you for that, Shalene. It's amazing. And I, so I know your story, but for those people who are hearing from you for the first time, help my listeners understand what happened in 2008 that made this all come together. Sure. Well, I mean, I went to school for architecture. It was something I've wanted to do all my life. And I was very lucky to get my dream job coming out of college 
randomly through a connection in the marching band I was in, which was a whole completely different story. But anyway, <laughs> I was working in the Bay Area and everything was great. I got promoted to job captain, the youngest person to get promoted to that position in the firm out of 250 people. And then 2008 happened and the economy tanked and my job went down with it. I was brought into my office. My boss sat me down. He said, Pat, you're one of the youngest and brightest guys we know. Unfortunately, we have to let you go. Whoa. And I was like, what? Like, how can you say that and then that? Like, that does not make sense to me. But it was just, they, they held on to me as long as possible. And, and my first reaction was, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. And why am I a failure? And what is my dad going to think? Because, mm. he's, you know, he's very traditional, worked the same place for 40 years and then retired and was able to support the family. And I love him for that. Uh, and, th- and then my, my thought went to my fiance at the time, mm. April. And we had just gotten engaged and I just was like, oh my gosh, you know, thinking the worst things as we always do, like, uh, you know, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to survive? Maybe we should delay the marriage and all that stuff. And uh, I remember that evening when I went back to my apartment and she came in, she saw me crying. She just, all she kept saying was, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. We're going to oh, be okay. Oh, that's when you knew you picked the right girl. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I'm so thankful for her and her support and her believing in me because so many amazing things happened after that, although it didn't happened right away and I didn't know it was going to happen. So after calling every other architecture firm and trying to figure out if I can get another job, begging and pleading even for just like an executive position, like an uh, like an assistant position, um, it wouldn't let me back in. So luckily, I had a little bit of transition time because I was job captain. I had clients. They couldn't just let me go from them. And so I took the train after moving back with my parents. My wife moved in back with her parents too. So again, we could save money for our wedding. And on the train ride, from San Diego to Irvine, California, which is where I went every day, in the morning, I would listen to podcasts. And I discovered this one podcast called Internet Business Mastery, hosted by Jason and Jeremy. On one of their episodes, I listened to a guy named Cornelius talk about how he had built a six-figure business teaching people how to pass the project management exam. And I was like, wait a second. I took a really hard exam when I was an architect, and it was so hard that I created a website for myself to help myself and and a couple coworkers pass the exam. And after I passed, I just kind of let that site sit there. I had no more use for it. Maybe I can turn that site into something like Cordelius did. And so the next day, I just did some really quick research on online business and put an analytical tool, Google Analytics, on my site. And the next day, I saw that over 5,000 people were already visiting that site that I had created for myself and kind of just let sit there. And that blew me away. And after getting over the initial scare, because I was just like, oh my gosh, where are these people coming from? I had no idea how this was happening. I was like, wow, there's a cool opportunity here. And then I got involved with a lot of communities online and just started asking everybody, you know, around for help and what should I do and how can I figure this out and getting involved with other internet communities. And eventually in October of 2008, I published a study guide for my audience who was on that site, who I built a relationship with through answering questions in the comments and just putting my face finally up on the site and talking about my experience with Mm. the exam. In October of 2008, which was the same month I officially got laid off, (laughs) I made $7,908.55 from a $19.99 e-book. Wow. And it was completely life-changing for me in so many ways. I mean, the money was amazing, but also the fact that here I was in online business doing it, and my whole perception of online, online business beforehand was like, you know, red alert, red alert, red flag, scammer city, you know, this whole thing. And then here I was doing it and providing value for people, getting paid in return, but also getting these incredible notes of thank you from people who were purchasing my guide. And the most incredible part of this was 25% of my customers, I discovered through a survey, 
were people who had already taken and passed the exam. They didn't need my guide, but they bought it anyway. What? Because I because I was like, what? what? This doesn't make any sense to me. And they said, Pat, you finally gave me a way to pay you back for all the free information you gave me to help me pass the exam. Wow. And I was like, whoa. And that has been really the 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 origin story of 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 why and how I do business the way I do, which is, you know, serve your audience first and provide value and and your earnings are truly just a byproduct of how helpful you are to your audience. And that's kind of what I do now on all of my sites and businesses. And I've since started smartpassiveincome.com. I did it almost a couple months right after that uh, success with that ebook to sort of share how all this happened and be just completely honest and upfront with it. And now this blog has become, you know, an example for people on how to do business in a very transparent way, because I not only talk about my wins and share all my strategies for free, but I also talk about what didn't go well. You my, do. My failures. And I, and I love that. And people that, love you for that because it is relatable. This is such an inspirational story. It will be amazing because I know that this is going to be one of those full circle moments where someone is going to say of the first time they heard you, yeah, I'd just been laid off. I'd just been fired. And I listened to this episode with this guy, Pat Flynn, on The Shalene Show. And that's the day I decided I could do this. You know, sometimes when we ask people to recap their story, it sounds so simple. It's like, yeah, I was laid off and I had a fiance and that same month I made $7,000. Like, it almost sounds too good to be true, right? And I think that there are people listening right now. So I want to I talk to you about two things if I can. Number one, is there are people listening right now who are like, yeah, but I'm never going to get laid off. I'm not going to be fired. My boss loves me. I've been here for X number of years. I'm everybody's favorite and I'm certainly not going to quit. And I have no interest in starting my own business or I don't need to start a business. My husband has a very secure job. And I always say to people, you, you just never know. You just never know. And it's forget about the money. It's so fun and so rewarding to help people with the obscure knowledge in your niche that you have. So what would you say to someone who's like, yeah, I, you know, this is an interesting story, but I don't have any need to start something online? Sure. I mean, to your first point before, this was not an overnight success by by any means. It took a year and a half of putting content on the site when I was studying before I even had the opportunity to then turn it into a business. And, and there is no such thing as, as sort of the overnight success. Okay, let me stop you right there because I, I want to connect that dot for people nice and tight. You get laid off in October of 2008. You already had the website. You were already producing content. You were already creating a community. It just wasn't a business yet. Is that correct? That's correct. And I okay. think I even did myself a favor by not even realizing I had a business opportunity on hand because I just built so much trust and authority with those people by sharing everything they needed to know to pass. And then when I finally gave them an opportunity to pay me back, they they definitely took that opportunity. Wow. All right. So... Before you start making an income from this website you had created by sharing, like that's a very niche expertise. I think most people would agree. Before you did that, if someone had called you and said, hey, Pat, you know, a headhunter told us about you. We'd love for you to join our firm. And it's even more money than you were making at your last firm. Million dollar question. Would you have taken it? This was before I knew I was going to get laid off. No, right after. You just got laid off, but you haven't figured out how you're going to make income yet. Yes. You would have taken it. I would have. Wow. And like, like, like I said earlier, I just was trying so hard to get back 
into what I had spent years of my life studying, years of my life wanting to do, three years of my life in the professional world, in the world of architecture. I mean, I just wanted back in because that was my comfort zone. And that's all I knew. I didn't have a plan B. But because the industry at that point, they, they, they weren't hiring anybody. I mean, they were laying off people left and right. I was very lucky looking back because it gave me the sort of okay to go out there and try something new. It allowed me, and I, I really feel like it, it made me a kind of person who was able to take bigger risks mm. than if I continued with my job or were, were, was offered a job somewhere else. An interesting story, a few months later in March of 2009, when my business was doing very well for a number of months, I got a call back from the boss that had let me go. Hmm. He left that firm and started his own firm, took a number of my coworkers with him, and he offered me a position, the same position with a little bit of a higher pay, but he also offered to pay for years of rent for my wife and I. Oh my gosh. And it was the best no I've ever said in my whole life. Did you struggle with it or were no. you certain? Not at all. I was certain cool. just because, you know, I, when I got laid off and finally started thinking about this and saw this opportunity, I figured, you know what? I had done everything right, quote, right up to this point, And I still got let go. I went to school. I got the good grades. I did extracurricular activities so I could impress the admissions office and get in <laughs> and do all this stuff. And I still got kicked out. And even though my dad, who was always right, he said that after I got laid off, I should go back to school and go to a graduate program, get my degree and come back out. I'd be that much better of an architect and be able to get a better job. I mean, he was right. I could have done that. But I saw and I experienced what it was like to do things right and have it just completely taken away from you without any warning. And I wanted to, in the future, know that if I were to fail, it would be because of my own wrongdoing not something anybody else couldn't control. And that's when I decided to truly become an entrepreneur. And then when my boss called me back and I officially said no, that was like, okay, I'm committed and I'm doing this and it's awesome. What a lot of people I think miss is that you can create and you should be creating lifers and they're just people who you take care of. It's the person who you're like, oh, hey, I'm 10 feet ahead of you on this trail. And you turn back and you look at the person behind you and say, hey, be careful. There's a big hole up here and you don't want to step in it. You're, you're just doing it out of like, I figured this out. So, and I'm a good person. I want the person behind me to have a nice time on this trail as well. Mm. I think there's some things that we can learn from this. Those people who aren't yet entrepreneurs, um, but have something that they, they are already helping people with. What do you think you did that was unintentionally creating lifers before you were ever laid off? I feel like it was just understanding through the world of architecture that it was okay to fail mm -hmm. and that when I failed to share those mistakes and I had some people when I became a job captain under me who I wanted to help out and I knew that I had made a lot of mistakes and continued to make mistakes when drafting and I would share those mistakes with the sort of senior drafters under me so that they wouldn't make those mistakes either. I mean, and this is exactly what you're talking about. and. When you go to this site that I have at Green Exam Academy to help people pass this exam, I mean, I talk on that site about how I got 183 out of 200 on that exam. I didn't get a perfect score. I wasn't even close to a perfect score. 175 is the passing grade. Mm. And yet people still were able to trust the information and the fact that I was there and I had taken that exam before and I could share just something a little bit, you know, being an expert is really just knowing a little bit more than somebody else. and that is something that is valuable. And I, th I feel like a lot of people discredit the information they know and, and their experiences that they have um, in, in their life 
that might be able to help other people. I love that you just said that. It doesn't mean you know everything. It You have to be okay with accepting I might know a little bit more than someone else or I have my own unique way of doing this. And I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I'm saying this has worked for me. And if it works for you, awesome. Right. And you have to be honest with it, too. You don't want to pretend like you know something and then not know it or not be able to provide value. And and the cool, the, the craziest part about this is is actually in May of 09, a couple months after my boss called me, the United States Green Building Council, which is the company that actually administers this exam, this organization about, it's about green buildings and sustainable design and things like that. They came out with their own study guide. The company that Whoa. writes the exam questions <laughs> came out with their own study guide. And I thought I was done for. I was like, why would anybody buy oh. a little, you know, indie study guide and audio guide from Green Exam Academy when they could get the questions and the help for the questions that are administered by the, <laughs> these people? And I was right. like, I thought I was dead. Yeah. My sales went up. And I, I didn't understand that until I talked to people in my audience. I was like, what? I was like, you, and, I, and I was just honest. I was like, you know that the United States Green Building Council has their own study guides, right? And they were like, yeah, but... I really connected with you and your experience taking the exam. And that was the coolest part. Like they, everybody who emailed me called yep. me Pat by my mm. first name. Mm -hmm. And when I was getting these letters from people who had p taken the exam and passed because of my guides, they would say, Pat, thank you so much, Pat. And that's where that transition between my traditional work and a nine to five job, or actually it was really like a nine to eight job, uh, was is different. And, and why I love it so much more now as an entrepreneur, because I was like, wow, okay, maybe I can't change the world, but I can change somebody's world. And that's what makes it an incredible opportunity for anyone who's listening because, you know, people would rather invest in a person they trust than buy the best product. Like if, if you're the person I trust, then I assume this is the best product for me. And I'm, I'm much more comfortable with that than just buying a product or buying a service. You know, it's like we fall in love with the person first. Right. My, my buddy, Chris Ducker, who I know is on the show, he and I are best friends and we poke phone at each other all the time. But I mean, <laughs> he knows a thing or two. Yeah, he does. And, and, and he, Except he talks, how to say Legos. Right. Uh, or or uh, niche, niche. Uh, or um, chamomile, whatever. Chris, <laughs> Sorry, Chris. I know you're listening to this. But anyway, uh, he, he talks about the story about Bob the Baker. Where, you know, in, in small towns, you would always go to Bob the baker to buy your bread because you knew Bob and Bob knew you. He knew your family and the names of your kids. And you mm -hmm. would spend a little bit more money with Bob the baker rather than going to the grocery store, which is more a little bit more convenient. And the bread's cheaper because you just love Bob. Yeah. And he says, you know, it's not about B2C, you know, business to customer or B2B anymore. It's about P2P, person to person. And uh, that's one of the smartest things that's ever come out of his mouth. <laughs> It's brilliant. You know, it's really true. My husband this morning, he every morning, every morning goes and buys bagels at the corner bagel store. And I said, honey, why don't we just put it on the grocery list? Then every morning you don't have to go and buy fresh bagels. And he goes, oh, no, I love that guy behind the counter. He always calls me coach. That's so cool. I'm like, that's, you know, that's exactly that story. Bob oh, the I Baker. love that. And it's such a small thing, that coach, right? But those are the things people connect with. And this, this sort of reminds me of, and, and you know this because you listen to my podcast, at the beginning of every episode, I have a, a different random fact mm -hmm. read about me by yeah. my voiceover guy. He's like a movie voiceover guy. And he says a random fact about me. And when I, when I initially started my podcast, I shared this idea to do this with some podcasting mentors. And they were like, Pat, that is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Why would you waste your time sharing these little random facts and, and have your voiceover guy do it? That's going to cost more money. Nobody cares about your facts. Just go right into the content. That's what people want. Yeah. But I did that anyway. 
Oh, uh, I love and, that piece. And, and 13 million downloads later, people, th- those same people were like, Pat, you are a genius. And I'm like, no, I'm just being a human being. And humans connect with other humans based on shared interests, likes, and just the fact that they know that that person is a real person. And now I go to conferences and people come up to me and they're like, Pat, dude, what's up, man? How, like, I don't, I've never met them before, but they're like, how's your fantasy football team doing? Yeah, they know you. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it because we <laughs> didn't do so well this year. <laughs> Or they're like, dude, I'm half Filipino too. And we have this like immediate connection. And and I have uh, a huge fan base of Back to the Future fans because everybody knows I love Back to the Future. Yeah. Well, we're always looking for a way to connect with people. And I think we can't be afraid to do that. If your fear is that some people aren't going to like you, I think that's um, a good thing. I mean, the quicker I can help you figure out whether you like me or not, we save both of our time. And, and then I can mm. be more authentically myself if I'm not worrying about pleasing someone who we just, you know, we're, we're not going to get each other anyways. Right. So yeah. just boldly be you so that other people can find you, the people who are looking for you. And I think the intro to your show is one of the things that really hooked me. Awesome. Yeah. Boldly be you. I love that. And and you is, I mean, everybody listening out there, that's your advantage, like you. And I remember in 2011, I went to one of my mentors and I was like, I, I have these all these other business ideas I want to do. And, you know, maybe you could help me out. And and he said something I'll never forget. He said, Pat, all these businesses are great, but you're missing the, the most important thing in each of them. And I was like, what's that? And he's like, you. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you just have this ability to, to connect with people and, 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 and build a rapport with people in the online world. And I think that's an ability we all have. It's just, do we choose to share those things by which we are able to provide and, and also create a relationship with? with? And, um, you know, now, that, I mean, that's when I had this idea for the podcast, like I talked about, and I'm always happy to share bits and pieces of my personal life and story with my audience. And they, they all know I'm a huge parent and uh, not like a huge parent but um that was weird but You're pretty you know, lean parent yeah yeah exactly i mean i'm training for a triathlon so i'm not too huge but i mean i i, I mean like i'm really big on family life yeah. and being a good father and husband um and 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 they know that and i feel like that it helps me connect with a lot of people in my audience it will make my lifers fall in love with you <laughs> speaking of that that's a perfect segue so all right fine i i've got these things that i'm interested in i have a full-time job or I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I'm not really sure if I ever want to start my own business, but I hear you, and I trust you, and I understand that I should at least start building a community or offering advice, connecting with people. What is step one? I think step one is is the commitment part. Even before choosing a platform or what niche to get into, I think you just have to commit that this is something you really want to do. And I think it it comes with a lot of visualization on what the possibilities are and what might happen as a result of doing this. And and you'll find that even though you might not know everything up front, I mean, there's going to be a lot of things that excite you. And that's important to know up front so that you know that, you know, why you do what you do. I mean, that's probably the biggest lesson I have is just to always remember why you're doing what you're doing. And you won't know that unless you figure out what that why is up front. Um, and that's going to help you with a lot of the, the decision making that you make in the future in terms of what your priorities are and what your goals are um, and, and all that stuff. I mean, it's so important to know what your goals are and, and why you are doing what you're doing, especially because building a business isn't always the easiest thing in the world to do. And there are going to be moments in time where you want to give up or things just not just might not be working out for you. And then it just takes a couple moments to think about, okay, why are you really doing this? And then you get back into it and, and, and are motivated to continue working. And it also helps make sure that what you are doing is something that is you know, relevant and that is actually helpful because a lot of us can get caught in that trap where we are working and we're working hard, but 
are we actually working on something that is going to make progress and move us forward? Mm. And and so th those are some key things to think about um, as well. Another thing to think about, and this is all, I mean, this is all prep work before you start taking action, but it, it is taking action because you're thinking about and internalizing right. these things, um, which is super important. There's an, a great article out there by a guy called Kevin Kelly. That's his name. And this article is called A Thousand True Fans. Oh, yeah. And this has sort of been shared, you know, worldwide now. And it's, yeah. it, it was an article um, primarily for artists and artists who are looking to build a business or live off of their art or music. But it's it's really an article for everybody. Again, it's called a Thousand True Fans. And essentially the the summary is, is you know, if you have a thousand true fans uh, in this world, which isn't very many people when you think about it in this world of, you know, seven billion, a thousand true fans, people who just love the work that you do, and they're paying you a hundred bucks a year, which isn't very much when you think about it. I mean, a lot of us, I feel we pay a hundred bucks a month for something that isn't, you know, <laughs> necessarily something that, right, that right, we right. care about or are passionate about. But if you have a thousand true fans paying you a hundred bucks a year, that's your six figure business right there already. You know, let's put that in perspective. Um, earlier in, you'll see that there's, for my listeners, there's an episode with James Wedmore. And he told a story about his sister creating a video on how to clear negative energy from a room or from your home. And that that's kind of what she's passionate about. And she didn't do much with it, but she got 10,000 views. Now, having a thousand true fans for someone who hasn't started this yet sounds big. But if you think about her creating that five-minute video, putting it on YouTube, and having 10,000 views, and if just one out of every 10 people were like, I'm a fan, I'm, I'm now a true fan, there you have your 1,000 true fans in less than a year's time with one video. Like it's, it's really more possible than what people realize. You just have to start. You just have to start. I mean, the only thing that we know is if you don't start, nothing is going to happen. Nothing is just going to fall on our lap and we're all of a sudden going to you know, be where we're at. I mean, you've got to take action. But what about the people who are so afraid that they're going to go in the wrong direction, take the wrong first step? Pat, I've got all these great ideas. I don't know which one it is. So here I am sitting, listening to the two of you, paralyzed by fear of perfection. Hmm. It's uncertain that the first thing I want to do is the right thing or not. Like, what would you tell them to do? I would say that that first thing doesn't have to be the right the, the right thing. Yeah. As long as you learn from your mistakes and every entrepreneur has multiple failures, some incredibly extreme. Elon Musk went bankrupt. He went, you know, almost went bankrupt before, you know, his, his space program and Tesla took off. Uh, you know, uh, Tim Ferriss, his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, was denied by 20 publishers before the 21st or 22nd said yes. Um, you know, Rovio and their company had 59 games come out before Angry Birds finally was a hit. <laughs> I mean, the first swing doesn't have to knock it out of the park. Yeah. Speaking of that, can you share with us maybe a painful lesson that ended up being a blessing or yeah I have mean, you had some failures you can share one with us i mean uh, do you have 50 hours to talk <laughs> about this because i mean and, and i hope this just shows you like i don't want to fail i try not to but when it happens i love it yeah it's an experiment because i'm like okay now i know not to do that but also it's pretty cool because on spi on smart passive income i could talk about it and help other people too so here's a story in june or july of 09 again this is after uh the green exam academy took off and was doing very well I got a letter from the United States Green Building Council, who just seemed to love me at that point. <laughs> uh, it was actually from 
an attorney who represented them. And they said, uh, you got to shut down what you're doing in 14 days or we're going to sue you, essentially. It was a cease and desist letter. And I just flipped out. And my immediate reaction was like, you know, throw everything on the floor. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. This is just weighing over my head. I can't, I, I don't want to get involved with this. This is too scary. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to call architecture firms and figure out where I can get back to where I was before because this was scary and I, I'm not set out for this. And then I f- eventually cooled down a little bit and, and talked to a lawyer. He was like, Pat, like when you, if you actually read this, uh, you would have understood that you were using their domain name or their, their trademark in your domain name. The, ah. the trademark was lead, L-E-E-D. And I thought it was clever because my domain name was in the lead, L-E-E-D.com. Mm. But again, I started that just randomly for fun and just to help myself and a couple of coworkers and that's it. But then it turned into this business. They caught notice of it. They wanted to shut me down or at least take the trademark away. And then we ended up doing some technical stuff to make sure that Google kept the rankings high, 301 permanent redirect for those of you who are techies out there. (laughs) And um, it it worked out. I changed the domain name to greenexamacademy.com. But that was a huge lesson for me because that that showed me a few things. One, that... um, First of all, don't use a trademark in a domain name, mm. uh, even though some companies will allow that. At any moment in time, they could reverse that um, position and, and take you down. Uh, secondly, it taught me that I had to connect with some people to fill in the gaps of you know the, the holes of knowledge that I didn't have to, to help run my business. So then it was at that point I connected with a lot of people like a CPA to help me with all the finances and stuff, which I didn't have for a, couple, uh, you know, for a long time, but I finally got around to getting one and an attorney to help me work through any legal stuff that would have happened. You know, it's, it's really easy to, when you're starting out, feel like you have to do it all yourself. And this is a trap. I mean, we talked about this or you, you talked about this with Chris when he was on talking about outsourcing and, and, and feeling like you have to be that you know, super superhero syndrome, essentially, is what yeah. you called it. I have to ask this question of you. Have you ever outsourced something and then really regretted it and wanted to, to, to do that work yourself and tried to take it back? <sighs> That's a great question. No, <laughs> I, I don't know. Isn't that funny? We all think that we will, but we don't. And has, has there ever been an opportunity where the investment that you make in hiring someone to either help you or to do it or to outsource it hasn't given you great returns? It always has given me great returns. Oh, hallelujah. So I, I just want people to hear that as often as possible because I don't know about you, Pat, but when I'm asked the mistakes I made as an early entrepreneur that I hope others don't repeat, that's the big one is I wanted the credit. I wanted to be able to say, I did mm-hmm. that and I designed this and and I also wanted control of it. And that became my ceiling. Yeah. But for a lot of people when they first start out, that is a big leap of faith is learning to delegate so for those people who are entrepreneurs and, and maybe they're just at the beginning of this journey, and I want to give them some hope because it is sometimes very daunting. What would you say to those entrepreneurs who have what I like to call opportunity envy, where they're like, oh, Shalene's doing a podcast. I better do a podcast or, um, you know, so-and-so's killing it on Facebook. I should start spending more time on Facebook. And you just keep feeling like, oh, there must be a better opportunity over there. And so you keep getting distracted. How do you stay focused? I mean, the distractions are, are killers. You know, FOMO is, is a real fear of missing out. Mm. Um, and, and, and that's something you definitely have to pay attention to. Now, I wouldn't, av- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go blind to those opportunities, but I would just 
put them aside if they're not related to that next thing that you really have to work on. Mm. Oftentimes when we see these other opportunities ahead of us, they're right in the middle of something else we're doing. True. Do those things, but not right now. You can do that. You, you can give yourself permission to try these other things, these other bright lights that come our way and, and you, go ahead, but not yet. Finish <laughs> that thing that you were doing. There's a great book by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan called The One Thing that is all about that. And, and essentially the consequences of what happens when you don't focus on one thing. And as I always say, I mean, I, I, it, this is interesting coming from me who has, has like five different businesses and they're all working at the same time, but they all weren't built at the same time. And now I have teams in place to help manage them. That is such a great takeaway. Because, you know, I'll, when I read your resume, I think to myself, this guy's young and he's done so much. How, how is it you do it all? And I think you've just revealed it. I don't do it all at once. I do it in pieces and it just stacks up and looks like a lot. One thing at a time. And then it's about prioritizing. What is that? Okay, making sure that one thing you're working on is the thing that you should be working on. And again, it doesn't always have to be the right thing, but at least you know that there's a possibility that it could be the right thing. Um, in, in the book, The One Thing, there's a really cool example of this domino effect that Gary talks about where, d did you know that a, a domino can knock over another domino that's one and a half times its size? Mm. That, that, that can happen. And yes. so if, if you were to stack these dominoes and each one sequentially is one and a half times bigger than it, one little push of that, of, of a two inch domino, 73 dominoes later would knock over a domino that <laughs> is as tall as from the earth to the moon. Wow. That you're speaking my language. That's the whole concept behind setting goals and then creating your push goal. Right. You know, picking that one goal that could knock over a domino the size of the moon. But obviously you like kill a bunch of people and you wouldn't <laughs> want to do that. Well, that's true. I'm not that goal-driven. <laughs> that's true. You know, Pat, it's been such an honor to talk to you. You inspire so many people. I want to encourage anyone who just has, like, loves to hear these stories, the stories that people you bring on the show who, like, either were fed up with their job or they lost their job or they're in extreme debt and they listen to your show and they hear other people's stories and they're inspired by them and just the crazy, wild different types of businesses that people oh, have created passive income and more importantly they've created a way to live the life by their design i know it's a priority to you to pick up your kids every day and to spend time with your family and i want to take this opportunity to honor you for that because especially as a man um, i don't think there are enough pat flynn's in the world and um, the effects of that are, it doesn't matter how big your bank account is. I personally don't think that you're providing for your children unless you're present for them. You know, you've mm. got to be there. I mean, that, that's why I do what I do. And I do it so that I can spend more time with the kids. And that's why my schedule is the way it is and why I don't have, even though I have the opportunity to create like a multi, multi-million dollar business where I'd yeah. have to go into an office. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'm working the way I want to work so I can do what I want to do and that's spend time with my kids and be, you know, one of the only people who goes with their significant other to go pick up their kids or one of the only guys in Target at, you know, uh, 1130 a.m. and has awesome parking spots because nobody else is there at that time, <laughs> you know, and all, all that all that sort of stuff. And, and, and to your point about the, my show and thank you for, you know, plugging that and, and, and that's awesome. You know, there, there, there is a whole array of different kinds of businesses that are featured. And some of my most popular shows are not the ones with 
you know, A-listers like Tim Ferriss and Gary Vaynerchuk, but it's the ones with people who nobody knows. Totally. Who, who are succeeding in these crazy spaces. Like the, the people with the bakery and the Amazon people and uh, the bread guy. I mean, it's just the stories are amazing. I hear these stories. I'm like, who even knew this is like a business? Right. Episode 37 with Lane Amon. She makes six figures a year in the scrapbooking industry. Jeez. Like it's you just got to you just got to take action. Yeah. And it's a real service that you provide by that's there for free people. So take advantage of this. I think smart people will spend time in their cars and while they're working out, listening and educating themselves and expanding their knowledge and meeting people like Pat and the people he has on our show. And so, Pat, thank you for being a guest of this show. How can people find out um, more about how to create smart passive income? Sure. I mean, smartpassiveincome.com would be the easiest way to go if you'd like to connect with me on Twitter. And, you know, I'd love to know that you heard this. If you want to say hi and give me a shout out on Twitter at Pat Flynn, I'd love to reply and say hi back. Uh, and then me and Chris Ducker are also doing something special over at onedaybb.com. That's one day and then the letter B, the letter B.com. And tell us about it. It's a show where we have real entrepreneurs call in and they tell us what their business is and their biggest struggle is. And then me and Chris go back and forth for 15 minutes in what's called the hot seat and uh, just try to develop a plan for that person. And then we take that conversation offline into our community or off the podcast into our community. And we also have a uh, live event, um, which is structured in a similar way on April 24th as well. And I'm super stoked to uh, to be doing this with with my good friend and partner, Chris Ducker. Chris is awesome. So just to be clear, can anyone call and leave a message? Anyone. Anyone can yeah. call. Oh, cool. um, we, we don't, I mean, we're getting a ton of people calling in, but we can't uh, possibly select everybody. Right. Um, and I also have askpat.com, which is might be more suited for people who are just starting out and who don't yet have a business um, where I answer a voicemail question every single day for five days a week. On that and that's, uh, I will link to all of those. Those are three different podcasts as well as websites. You don't have to write those down. I will include those in the show notes as well as the books and references that Pat made in our interview today. You'll find those at shaleenjohnson.com forward slash podcast. That's also where you can leave us a voicemail. Let me know what you thought about this episode. I hope that this is that full circle moment for someone where they're like, you know what? I'm just going to start blogging about this. I'm going to start a YouTube channel and just share what I know and and that this could be that thing, that six-figure passive income that becomes uh, the life that you really want to design and, and live because it is work, but it's so fun. It's so, so fun and so fun. rewarding. Pat, thank you so much for being on The Shaleen Show. Thank you for having me, everybody. Thank you for your time today. As I mentioned, Pat Flynn is a, a great dad and he's a cool guy and he's done a ton of things, but as he's said in the interview, not all at once. His success at that age, he's 32, is so remarkable, but it's doable. He's not overwhelmed. He doesn't work 80 hours a week and he's a good guy. The moral of the story is you can do it too. Just start. Hey, thanks for spending time with me today. Lifers, you know I love you. So you're welcome to listen to other podcasts. Just don't leave me. Always come back to the Shaleen show. That got weird. Sorry, got a little mushy there. Anyways, I love spending time with you. I really do appreciate you. I love it when you leave me messages. I look every week on iTunes and I can't believe people are still writing me reviews and subscribing. You're just, ugh, you're amazing. I can't say enough nice things about you. Until we have the opportunity to spend some time together again, I just want you to know you are totally awesome.